welcome to the beautiful game Euro 16 podcast. My name is Matthew Marshall coming at you from Amsterdam and I'm joined by Phil Lythel from London from ESPN to talk about England, winners of the World Cup 50 years ago. Semi-finals of the European Championships in 1996 also on home soil, but they haven't got much to be uh, happy about in recent tournaments. Of course, the last one, the World Cup, they went out meekly in the group stage. It's been two tournaments now where England have gone out pretty cheaply. There is, a, there is optimism around um, this campaign. As a young, vibrant, exciting side, which uh, the public are always clamouring for, and so is the press, irrespective of whether the players are good enough or not. So there is optimism there. Um, there's also the optimism that um, with the expanded tournament, uh, hopefully there's an easier route to the knockout stages. But let's not forget we uh, finished bottom of our group at the World Cup. Yeah, they're in a decent group, Phil, Group B with Russia, Wales and Slovakia. Certainly a manageable group for England. Russia are always a bit of an unknown quantity. Um, They are capable of um, some exceptional play. They're normally very technically very good, but they've got a few injuries at the moment. They started through qualifying under Capello and then uh, Leonard Slutsky came in and righted the ship to a certain degree. Wales with Gareth Bale, always a threat when you've got a player of that quality, but it's their first tournament. they, they're lacking experience. Um, their warm-up games haven't gone as well as they could have gone. They, again, will be tough, but they should be beatable. And Slovakia, Slovakia, again, are slightly a, a bit more of an unknown quantity. They've had some better results in their in their qualifying games. Um, they'll be looked at as the potential whipping boys. I'm not sure they will be. England, if they play their best, if their players reproduce their club form on the international stage, England really should be topping this group. Yeah, I think they should, feel They topped uh, qualifying comfortably, winning 10 out of 10. The toughest team they had to play there was Switzerland in Group E of qualification. But I quite like their squad, I must say, Phil. And let's talk about it now. It's the youngest England squad in a major tournament since 1958. An average age of 25, the youngest at this Euro. What's your impressions of the squad? You certainly can't accuse Roy Hodgson of being conservative. He's picked an incredibly attack-minded squad, um, which is which is the sensible move, really, because that's where England's strengths are. They're all in in forward, attacking, creative positions. Um, so you know, and he's and he's gone with a lot of youth as well, and and that hopefully that will you know imbue a bit of fearlessness into the squad. There aren't too many players you know, carrying too many scars from previous tournaments. Yet there's also, you know, a sprinkling of experience. You've got Wayne Rooney there, who, you know, who's been there and done it at club level. And everyone has their opinions, but I personally think that Leicester's Danny Drinkwater should have been in the squad and probably in the team. But there are five strikers in the squad, all of which are in form. Um, so that's that's um, that's a positive. That's hopefully that's uh, where we're gonna we're gonna progress is by just out simply outscoring the opposition. The only real area of concern, um, well, actually. There are two, two areas of concern. One is a potential lack of width in the squad, and another is is the defence, which uh, we only have three slash four recognised centre backs. Um, with Eric Dyer, who's been playing midfield, um, potentially slotting in should um, should anything happen to uh, John Stones, uh, Gary Cahill, or um, Chris Smalling. So a little bit threadbare there. Um, but you know, you know, you can't have, you can only have 23 players in a squad, so uh, somebody's got to be out, and you've got to do some trade-offs somewhere along the line. Yeah, drink water was unlucky, Phil, and there's a few uh, question marks surrounding players like Wilshere, their fitness. If you look for the strengths or strengths of their, their prospects in, in France, Phil, obviously the 100% qualifying record is a plus for them. I'd say the form of Kane and Vardy 
mean, 25 goals for Kane, 24 for Vardy. Certainly um, on top of their game, both of those strikers. So that's a that's a strength for for England. And another thing I like here in the in the squad and in the team, a lot of Tottenham players. I mean, it wouldn't have really mattered what club it was. Should have four or five Tottenham players in the team. I'm always a fan of the more combinations from club level you can put into your international team, the better. Whether it's centre back pairing, strike partnerships, um, a number ten and a, and, and a number nine linking well. Um, when you have that, you have a you have a a more telepathic understanding. One of the key problems about international football is the lack of preparation. But if you've got, you know, half the team, you know, you could have, you could probably will have five Tottenham players starting the game on on Saturday against Russia. That um, you know, you, you automatically have solved some of those integration problems that that you often have. So that is certainly a positive. The striking situation is just is manna from heaven really um it's england have gone into previous tournaments in recent years without the kind of potency that they can boast at the moment kane and vardy are have been had exceptional seasons but the beautiful thing is with the five strikers they all have completely different qualities to, sh to show and hopefully complement each other i mean kane is developing into the complete all-round striker. I mean, there's not much he can't do. Um, Vardy is, you know, your pacey ball to, to stretch defenders, to pressurise goalkeepers, the man in possession and latch onto the ball over the top. You know, Daniel Sturridge is a continually a box of tricks and, and, a, and a finisher of extraordinary goals when he's in the mood. Um, uh, Marcus Rashford, which is who's enjoyed the most meteoric of rises, um, you know he's unscarred and fearless, and he, you know, he doesn't seem to know the meaning of failure. Every everything he touches turns to goals at the moment, so that's magnificent. And then you've got Rooney, who people seem to forget uh, is uh, England's um, highest all-time goal scorer in the history of English football. Got seven goals in qualifying, was the top scorer for England, and has scored twelve since the last World Cup. And uh, people are questioning his place in the team, some even in the squad. So we can't be doing too badly if a player of that calibre is uh, is being questioned as to whether he should be included or not. So much depth in the attack. Roy Hodgson has uh, acknowledged it. And England could be one of the more exciting teams to watch if they, as you say, just try and outscore the, the opposition and their defence makes it necessary for them to do so. Rooney to some extent is, is, a, is a weakness because Hodgson tried to play him sort of behind Kane and Vardy in, in one of the recent friendlies and it just didn't work at all, just pushing those two strikers too wide. Finding Rooney's best position might be difficult for Hodgson and it might unbalance or unsettle the team somehow. That's going to be something that to keep an eye on, I think, as England go forward. What do you think we're going to see for a formation and lineup? I think what you were just um, touching on there was was one of the key issues that Roy Hodgson has to address, which is the balance in the team. Um, the game you were ref referencing was the, the match against Portugal, where there just seemed to be almost like two England sides playing, a, a, like, a, like a defence and an attack, and there was no real bridge between the two. I mean, you don't have to shoehorn every good player into a team. It's you, you, what you, you need to get your system correctly and then pick the right players for that system. To, you know. Now, there's no harm in having really good players on the bench, and personally, I would keep Vardy on the bench. I think he is your, your ideal second-half substitute. He is the guy who can come on and, and, and you know, hammer away at tiring defences. I mean, it's, you know, in the, it's so, in, in the heat of southern France, in, and suddenly Vardy comes on and some 70 minutes and starts running at you. It's not what you want. So, I think he will go with a diamond formation, which is what he's played predominantly 
or tried to play predominantly in recent weeks. I think what it will be, and what I've also selected, is I think he will, he will play Rooney uh, and Kane as, as strikers with Rooney with a freer role. I think he'll play Deli Alley at the at the, the tip of the diamond, the forward tip of the diamond. Um, I think he'll play Eric Dyer. It will guarantee to start at the base of the diamond. And I think Jack Wilshire has to have a go. I think when he came on against Portugal, suddenly England had a midfield and were creating chances. And his form for England um, has been excellent. It's just he's, he's barely played any football in the last year. He's a magnificent player. Then I think you've got a bit of balance between attack and defence. What are your expectations and what do you think is the best scenario? Obviously winning it for England, but is that a realistic expectation? Uh, let's, let's, let's win the group first. <laughs> um, I think... I think... Have, it, have any real chance um, of going deep into the tournament. We want to win the group because you don't want to play France in the quarter-final. I don't, I, I don't think England are, we're going to get through that. We always get very excited um, over here <laughs> whenever there's a tournament. There's, everyone throws all rationality um, to the breeze and just goes on their, their, goes on what their heart is saying. If we get to a semi-final, that would represent real success.